November 13th, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 31. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, though God had promised him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham assumed that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that Isaac blessed his two sons, Jacob and Esau. He had confidence in what God was going to do in the future. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. And it was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, confidently spoke of God's bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt. He was so sure of it that he commanded them to carry his bones with them when they left. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid of what the king might do. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be treated as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of the Messiah than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to the great reward that God would give him. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. He was not afraid of the king. Moses kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians followed, they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho seven days, and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute did not die with all the others in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. The tenth chapter of Second Corinthians, beginning with the third verse. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. In other words, we are engaged in a warfare. If you're a Christian, you are engaged in a warfare. Not a basketball court, not a playground, not a football stadium, but you're engaged in a battlefield. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, they're not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The Apostle Paul said, I'm going to use some weapons that will be new to you, but they're going to pull down the devil's strongholds. And these are spiritual weapons, the Word of God and prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. Then he said, we're casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. A person who is living in the Spirit 
every thought that he has should be in obedience to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now thoughts are powerful to harm us and powerful to help us. The Bible says, as a person thinketh, so is he. How do you think? What goes through your mind? What do you think about when you're alone? Someone has said plain living and high thinking are no more. One of the most important things in our lives is who's going to control our minds? Proverbs 16:32 says, He that ruleth his mind is greater than he that taketh a city. Means to rule the thought of your mind. You spend a great deal of time alone, many of you do. So your mind is your only companion. What do you think about? What do you talk to your mind about? That's your only companion, is your mind, for many of you. Isaiah the prophet said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Do you keep your mind on Christ? And if you get your mind off Christ and you get it on some things you shouldn't be thinking about, do you pray, Lord, forgive me and help me to get my mind back on Christ? I do many times. Now, the Bible says, first of all, that the mind, your mind, is at enmity against God. Your mind does not want to do anything about God to start with. In Romans 8, 7, it says, The carnal mind or the fleshly mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Colossians in the first chapter and said that until they had come to the world, come to Christ, they were alienated and enemies in their mind. Enemies of God, alienated from God, separated from God in your mind. And your mind was a part of that decision. Such a mind will not obey the law of God. It, commit, it submits to sin. It minds the things of the flesh. The Bible warns against having that kind of carnal, fleshly mind. That mind that is dominated by the devil or by selfishness. And then the mind is not only enmity against God, but it's also a blinded mind. Second Corinthians 4, 3 says, In whom the God of this world, that's the devil, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. He has power. He has supernatural power to blind your mind. And you let him. You have to let him. And if you let him, he can blind your minds. I cannot account for the apparent veil that hangs over the hearts of some people. Many people very close to the kingdom of God. Many people surrounded by a believing family. I know a young man right now surrounded by a believing family, reared in the church, reared for God. He heard the blessing said at the table at every meal. And today he's way out in left field on drugs, sex, all the rest of it. Blinded by the God of this world. They're led captive to the will of Satan. And many people tell me, I don't understand. I've heard this all my life. I've tried to believe, but I cannot. They're blinded. And the only person that can open your eyes to the truth is the Holy Spirit. 
and you must ask him to come and open your eyes supernaturally, which he will do tonight before you leave here, if you will allow him. Yes, your mind is at enmity with God. Your mind is blinded. But then there's the doubtful mind the Bible talks about. In Luke 12, Jesus said, neither be ye of doubtful mind. The Bible warns against the double-minded person. James says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And this carries with it the idea of a person who wishes to secure both worlds. You want one foot in heaven and one foot in the pleasures of this life. And you cannot. You've got to go one way or the other. So there are many of you that are torn between your sinful pleasures and appetites and your desire for heaven. And you know that you can't have both. And you've got to make a choice. Jesus said there are two roads in life. There's the broad road that leads to destruction. There's the narrow road that leads to eternal life. And there's a narrow gate. And that gate is the cross. And it's all going to be decided on what you do about Christ. Have you repented of your sins? Are you sure of it? You can do it tonight.